The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Trust the process? Do you respect the process? Welcome in to Processing the Process. Your year-round college football and NFL draft show. I am your host Brian Finch and my co-host Ryan Hope Bailey. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Brian. So for the regular names, kind of rhyme. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> for anyone that didn't know, we, our names are very close to each other, but not at all. Because Ryan is always spelled with right. Y. Unless you want your name to be Ryan. Right. If it's R I never met one. Rian, neither have I. Because that's just foolish. You would never name your yeah, child that, Rian. It's not real. Yeah. So for our regular listeners, uh I brought you I brought you in a little different to the show because it occurred to me, uh, thinking about this podcast and it's like if I always do the same intro every time, the new listener will be a little lost. Like what? what? you know what I mean? So I wanted mm-hmm. to start establishing more of a uh for everybody intro, not just for the regular people who are known as processors or loyal fans. Anybody can be a processor. Yes. So if you're new to the show, congratulations. You are now one of us. You are a processor. So use that how you wish. Uh, what do we have on a resume if you have to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right next to your forklift certification. (laughs) Yeah, fork, like certi- fork, forklift certified CPR processor. Yep. Uh, lifeguard. Yep. Don't forget that. Yep. Uh, speaking of lifeguards, no, that's not going to work. Uh, we'll just go best. right into it. Right. Uh, the college football playoffs occurred over the weekend, right? That they did. That was a lot of fun for the winners. Not so much for the losers. Um We'll start at the top, right? Uh, Notre Dame and uh, Alabama faced off. Ryan, what'd you think of that game? Ian Book can't cook. Okay. Um, Najee Harris is not an, a normal human being. <laughs> no, he is not. Um, Devonta Smith might have put himself into wide receiver one. Ooh, I like that. Cemented himself at wide receiver one. Yes, yes. And um, don't play on Mac Jones. Dude's yeah. a baller. He is. Point blank perd. He is a facilitator, that's for sure. You know what I mean? He's a something. Yeah, he puts himself right in the middle of the draft conversation when it comes to quarterbacks. He's in that 3-4 range. Quarterback 3, quarterback 4. Oh, not, okay, not okay, okay. Round four. round, okay. Yeah. He'll probably go back end of one, somewhere in two. Second, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, did anybody stand out to you? You know, I had one standout that I texted you about. So, 
he's I Notre just, Dame I, for Notre Dame. I said who stuck out to me. Yeah, Kyron Williams. Okay. Um, Najee, obviously, he sticks yeah. out every game. Yeah, yeah. Devonta Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, the poor man that got hurdled stuck out to me. I don't even know his name. I'm pretty sure he took it. Najee took that man's name right off his back when he jumped over him. Yeah. He actually Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa. Good player. He just declared for um, Notre Dame. Yeah, he didn't stick out as much as I was hoping for, but, you know, no. that's that's not his fault. No. Only so much you can do. Yeah, when the ball is constantly just sailing over your head. And you're just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that uh, overall, what I would guess what I would say is that's exactly what I predicted, more or less. I actually said, because um, I was at a family Christmas party, um, before the game kicked off, I was like, if Notre Dame can figure out a way to not be down 35-3 with like five minutes to go in the second quarter, they're having a good game. Yeah. And they didn't quite get that. They they didn't quite get that, but, you know, hey, you, you got to play in a playoff, Notre Dame. There you go. I mean, 21-7 going into halftime is not terrible, right? Yeah. And you're not the only ACC team to uh, get blown out in the playoffs. Oh. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Foreshadowing. I like it. Yeah. So the next game up was a uh, Clemson and Ohio State matchup that ended up with Justin Fields just going straight berserker mode, just completely shredding the Clemson defense. Right. Uh, Ryan, stop me if you've heard this before. And you can probably stop me immediately, but uh, Justin Fields had (laughs) had as many touchdowns as he did in completions. Six. He did. Yep. It's just what he does. Mm -hmm. Just not against Northwestern. That was the weird one. Well, yeah, because Trey Trey Sermon had Northwestern all all handled. Right. Right. He also had Clemson all handled, too. I mean – Trey Sermon was running crazy. Yeah. But no, dude, um, Justin Fields impressed me big time, man. I mean, started off a little slow. Well, not, not he didn't, they, he drove right down the field. I should say, started off slow for what was to come. <laughs> right. The dude, the dude gets hit by a truck, essentially. Yeah, right, right in the hip spleen area. Destroyed, like a normal person's kidney spleen whatever those organs are just exploded gone done nothing um goes to the tent gets a magic shot which even after the magic shot i'm surprised you can even come back and then he comes back out and just drops a dime like two plays later yeah i mean just resiliency and just tough man and um and then he, even after that, coming out after the hit after halftime and just dropping dimes like you said he only had six incompletions the dude was like dicing up Clemson big time. Uh, Chris Olave is a is a monster. He's so good. He's ridiculous. He's fast. He's a great route runner. Um, Olave is firmly probably in like back first round hype right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden their tight ends stepped up too. It's like wait, yeah, Ohio State's got random. tight ends. <laughs> okay. Yep, that was kind of random. Um, yeah, he would get like two. He had like two random touchdowns. Yeah, dude. Um, he got open. Or 
Well, on the one throw, he wasn't even open. Justin Fields just threw an absolute rope right. in between two defenders. That was an unbelievable. That was probably one of his best throws of the night. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, weird to watch a guy um, try and out-duel himself. He's like, "How? okay, I, I, I've put on a clinic for this entire college year, for my entire collegiate career. Um, how, how can I outdo myself? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take one of the hardest, toughest hits that gets a man ejected, which I actually disagree with the ejection. I didn't now, like that. It's probably the right call in the fact that, yeah, he, he was the crown of his helmet, and you're trying to get that out of the game. Um, someone showed a good clip of side-by-side of him and who's the uh, linebacker for the Steelers. I can't think of his name right now, who ended up having to retire. She's here. Shazier. It was like the same hit. It was this lead with the with your head down, you know, staring at the grass and just plowing your head straight into a full grown man. And if and no one knows, uh Justin Fields is all six five and almost like two forty. It, it was totally an accident. Fields spun right into him. He did. Um, he did. But if he would have had his head up a little bit better, maybe he doesn't do it. Obviously, if Fields doesn't spin, then it's like a perfect clean tackle. It's like exactly how you would like to coach you know yeah. that guy to tackle so and now we're gonna see justin fields in a rib cage for the rest of his career <laughs> and i bet you we see him slide a lot more yeah probably <laughs> probably but i get, i don't know what i took away from this is i want to know where you have trey sermon now in your running back ranks right right well he wasn't in, think. he wasn't in my top five you gotta think you got naji Etienne. Firmly at one and two, I think. Yeah. Probably Michael Carter, Javante Williams. Yeah. That's where I'm starting to talk about Trace Herman yeah. at five. Maybe Jarrett Patterson. Um, Kenneth Gainwell's a big name. I don't know, man. Anyone that sits out, um, unfortunately for them, I'm going to dock you a little bit. So right. even our boy Jamar Chase from LSU, I'm going to dock him a little bit just because – I don't know. I didn't get to watch you this year, so I don't. I'm not as excited to talk about you. So okay, if I had to really sit down and reevaluate, uh, Trey Sermon is dude's a uh, Trey Sermon's a great. Oh man, he's like an all around back of just he really is power, agility. He's got good hands. He's got breakaway speed. Yeah. Why? Why did he even have to transfer? That's, I'll never understand. No why, idea. Why did he ever have to transfer? That just makes no sense. Oklahoma. What are you doing? Uh, so we said Travis Etienne. Uh, rough day for him. Dude, that I think that 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 was the big thing for Clemson. They they couldn't get the running game going. They couldn't get Etienne going. Um, I don't know. I just felt like Ohio State's defensive line was just b- bitching the Clemson offensive line, yeah. like. The pressure was there. Trevor Lawrence barely did not have a lot of time, a lot most of the time, and I, they they couldn't get ETN going. Yeah, absolutely. The the D line of Ohio it actually was just overall it was just a battle of the line of scrimmage, and Ohio State dominated it, dominated it because I, we knew this right, but we kept probably pushing it aside just because of how good the offense is for Clemson, how talented you know, Travis Etienne is and how talented Trevor Lawrence is and how good the wide receivers is real quick. We'll mention, you know, our boy Powell goes absolutely crazy in this, which game. I don't know how Cornell Powell wasn't relevant. 
until now because he's yeah. a senior and he's really good. I know we've mentioned him on the podcast before, but yeah, national wise, he does not get the love or the pub that he deserves. You know, um, everyone's talking about um, Amari Rogers, so sure. And he, you know, he had an okay game too, eight catches, fifty four yards, no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we I think we focused so much on how good the offense was that we kind of forgot that. Oh yeah. They've sent a lot of guys to the pros the last few years, and they're completely depleted on the front four. Not yep. to mention what's going on in, you know, the, the linebackers. Not to mention that the Clemson cornerbacks historically are not good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even in a, in a good year, their corners are normally their weakest part of their defense. And then you take out their, their stud linebacker, their captain of the defense with being, you know, ejected from the game and then it just it's a snowball effect and it's just the they start pulling up points and then it just come maybe forces them to like try and abandon any sort of run game at all and now you're just completely one-dimensional and ohio state's just teeing off and yeah it as a michigan fan normally you would think like oh i hate watching the buckeyes but uh since putting on my cap of uh being a processor i have abandoned my love for Michigan football above all and I am now just a love of amazing football and Ohio State is very very good this year very good and I cannot wait to watch this national championship can I say one thing sure real quiet Sean Wade didn't look great that's true good call Sean Wade did not look good Mm-mm. nope not his day um same with Darion Kendrick, another guy who's getting a lot of first-round hype. But, but as we know, Darion Kendrick is a very raw guy. He came into Clemson as a as a receiver, yeah, and kind of stuck at corner, and he got exposed big time. But it's tough to cover Chris Olave. Same thing was for Sean Wade. Cornell Powell had his number all night. Um, and it's not going to get any easier next week for Sean Wade. So, Yeah, it's uh, tra- tough to – Think of Devontae Smith and uh, Sean Wade doing anything effective against him. It's uh, Sean Wade. He got exposed, man. He really did. Yeah. And is that like Powell's the the shiftiest of route runners? He he's obviously you know like you said he's a senior, so he's he's been around the block for a while, and obviously he's taking some time to to hone in his his you know craft here of route running. And he did. He put him in a blender. There's a the really one specific play. Yeah. I'm sure if you've been active on Twitter or even just looking up highlights, you saw it. You know what I mean? He he put him on skates not just once, not just twice. He had him on skates like three times on that play. Sean Wade, he just looked stiff, man. He just didn't – I don't know. Yeah. Not, not his best game. So as much as we would like to say, you know, uh, it's just a one-time thing. It's he's kind of had a bad year all year, and we were just mm-hmm. kind of living off of his name, and we were like, he's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be the guy. Well, he isn't. So I don't know if they try and hide him. I don't know if they go more zone-heavy against Alabama. I really don't know what you do. Um, they're they're a perfect machine there over in Alabama. You know what I mean? Yep. Pass game, run game. It's all clicking right now. So if you're a Buckeye fan, say say a prayer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that brings us to Ohio State, Alabama. Yes. Um, I believe Alabama is favored by what? Like 
Is it seven, seven and a half? I, I can't find it on here. The line? Yeah. Do they have that? They should have that. I don't there have it is. Needs. Okay, you got it? Uh, yeah, Alabama's favored by seven and a half. Over-under is 75 and a half. Okay. I mean, I really think it'll be close down the stretch. Probably. Yeah. I'm still going to take Alabama. Yeah. It's going to be maybe one of those crockpottings where you don't even know that the game's about to become a blowout or even that the fact that they're about to win by two touchdowns or, you know, 17 points or so until all of a sudden double zeros in the fourth quarter. And, oh, look, Alabama looked like they dominated. Mm-hmm. Majority of people are betting on Bama, though, to cover that seven and a half. So. Interesting. I wonder what uh, some of the expert betters would say. Yeah. So I guess what key matchup for that is I'm going to be watching Devonta Smith, Sean Wade. Um, see if that Ohio State front can get to Mac Jones. I don't think they will. Um, and the running backs. The running yeah. backs, man. I mean, Najee Harris is going to produce. He always does. Um I want to see if Trey Sermon can do it again. Tore it 200 plus again. Or 300. Didn't he have 300 against Northwestern? 341, I think it was. Yeah, 340 against Northwestern. Almost 200 against Clemson. Let's see if he keeps it going, man, because he's been the the true workhorse of this uh, playoff for Ohio State. Yeah. Back, back in the day, you would say when going up against Alabama, it's like, you know, you just need to – uh, I'll pace them because yes, Alabama is good defensively, but their offense is hit and miss. Those days are gone, dude. Mm-hmm. You better you better be ready to put up forty something points because that's the way Bama's coming into this game. They're not thinking about grinding it out. They're thinking about how quick can we get down this field and score a touchdown. Right. But yeah, should be. Um... Should be a fun one, regardless. Did you see that block by your boy? Uh, was it Mince, Mincy? How do you say his name? The wide out for Bama. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, John Matchy. Matchy. He he had a block in one of Najee's big runs, and mm-hmm. he just completely leveled the dude. I was like, this guy, he plays like he's a, like a linebacker. Or dude, I can't wait to watch more John Matchy next year because I like him a lot. Yeah. Even guy- like the – even like the really good like hustle plays or the block like you said, like the hustle play against Florida where he came back and just absolutely like performed a homicide on the field. I mean, <laughs> dude, he's he's a big big time hustle guy. I like that. Yep. So uh, we got a big game coming up in college football to wrap up the year, and then before you know it, we're going to be right into the East West Shrine game and. A couple weeks after that, you got the Senior Bowl, and before you know it, it's going to be the Combine. So uh, help your sting tuned in and uh, geared up because this is it, man. We're down the final stretch. And then uh, that transitions us to uh, what happened last year uh, post-draft. And uh, who do we think did a good job this year as a rookie? The standouts. Um, we're going to divide it up and – I'm handling defense, and Rye is going to handle offense. And, uh, Rye, why don't you just lead off in uh, all the offensive categories? So, I guess to start, there's only one place to start, and it's got to be Justin Herbert. Yep. I think Justin Herbert surprised a lot of people. 
um, just shattering rookie um, quarterback records. He broke um, – it was a Cam Newton one, wasn't it? The touchdowns. Uh, he broke a yardage one. So he threw for 4,300 4, yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks for a rating of 98.3. Um, on a team that's not that very well coached, I don't think, as we know, because he just lost his job today, RIP Anthony Lynn. Right. Um, but yeah, man, Justin Herbert has been outstanding. I don't think anybody saw that coming like this early. Um, I know the Dolphins didn't see that coming, considering they passed him up for to a what was the thing going on to a turn the ball over or something like that <laughs> to a turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Herbert looks, he looks really, really good. Yeah. He Justin really Herbert played like Tua uh talked. <laughs> Ex- Tua yes, says the exactly. league's super easy. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert isn't saying a word. And he's like, you know what? Actually it's kind of easy. And it got better when he cut the hair off, which is ridiculous. I yeah. mean, I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, six games with three or more touchdown passes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games with more than 300 yards passing. I mean, and a lot of these games, they lost by a touchdown or less. Right. I mean, Herbert was keeping these guys in it. And if the Chargers can step up that defense a little bit, the Chargers are going to be the real deal next year. They really are, especially with a good coach. Yeah. Think of, think about them with you know competent understanding at the head coach of situations. Anthony Lynn doesn't have a clue. But uh, and um, real quick, we talked about it on a podcast we recorded earlier. Joe Brady, they're they're going to interview uh, Joe Brady from the Panthers. So an exciting young, relatively bright offensive mind. So yeah, de- definitely exciting things to come for um, Justin Herbert. Okay, so that's it. Uh, probably the clear rookie of the year, right? Offensive, yes. Yeah. There's two clear uh, offensive, defensive rookie of the year, so I'm sure you're going to talk about this one next. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let you keep teeing off on offense. So you got oh yeah okay okay um let's let's move to the trenches. Our number one uh, tackle, Tristan Wirfs. Um, or not Tristan Wirfs. Well, yeah, I am talking about Tristan Wirfs, but he wasn't our top tackle. I'm thinking of um, um, for the Browns, J- uh, Jedrick Wills. Um, Tristan Wirfs has been pretty good. Um, the athleticism is showing up. He's keeping Brady upright. Uh, the Bucks are in the playoffs for the first time since 2000 and what was it, seven? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much you can say about offensive tackles, like stat-wise, so – other than the dude's freaky athletic and he's showing everything he showed when he's at Iowa and he's keeping Brady up. So that's good enough for me. Definitely a home run pick for the bucks as of right now. Yeah. Yep. And then I want to talk about James Robinson. I do want to talk about James Robinson. Probably when was what James Robinson was drafted. What pick in the first round? I don't think he was drafted. Oh, second round. It must've been right. no, no, I don't think he was drafted. Oh, he was undrafted. Undrafted. Oh, but isn't he like the best rookie running back this year? That's well, so weird. He how about this? He was the clear runaway for a while, but let's let's give Jonathan Taylor a, a Now little, it's time for Jonathan. Little, yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I do want to talk about uh I I'll get to, to um Jonathan Taylor, but James Robinson, dude, it's 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 you have to talk about him. Dude was undrafted. Nobody saw it coming. 240 carries, 
1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He missed a game. Did he miss two games? I think he missed two games. Um, so that stat would have went up. And that's on an offense that they knew James Robinson was going to be the guy. They knew that they can't throw the ball because they had Mike Glennon, Gardner Minshew. I mean, they knew they, they couldn't get the ball going through the air. And James Robinson was the only guy, and defenses knew it, and he was still carving them up for four and a half a carry. Yeah, um, yeah man, James Robinson looks really good, looks like a home run guy, and that's just even more on our brand. Do not go that high. Do not draft at a running back that high because then you find guys like this, okay? But then if you do draft a running back high, you get guys like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was the best player on the field yesterday against the Jags. Um, we're recording on Monday. So on Sunday, Jonathan Taylor was the best player for the Jags. Um, was it 200, 253 yards? Only That's only happened twice in Colts history. Before that, it was Edron James. Right. He's pretty good. He's yeah, pretty, solid. Pretty good company. So, Jonathan Taylor is ending his rookie campaign, 230 carries, almost 1,200 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And that's from start, and that's after starting pretty slow. He had a lot of doubts. I was one of the, I was a doubter early on. Um, And then he just turned on the Jets, man, literally. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, you're starting to see the vision. We, We knew the power was there. We weren't seeing it translate on the field until as of late. Dude is running people over. He is just strong manning these people. Um, Jonathan Taylor looks like the player he was at Wisconsin. He looks great. Um, let's see here. Oh, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I'll talk about that guy, right? The right. guy who broke Randy Moss records. He's going to get snubbed for offensive rookie of the year, but that's only because Justin Herbert like really, really deserves it. Yeah. You, you thought I was going to forget about Justin Jefferson, nah, didn't you? No, I didn't. All right, guys. Oh, my God. I'm just looking at these numbers, and it's ridiculous. (laughs) 88 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. Probably could have had 10 touchdowns, but Kirk probably airmailed a couple balls. Um, Dude, I mean, week two – so week one and two, five – he had five catches for 60 yards. Five catches for 70 yards. Math math is hard. In the first – two weeks and then after that seven for 175 four, one, oh, four, four for 103 nine for 166 eight for 135 nine for 121 eight for 104 nine for 133 the dude is just producing and the worst part about it is so i guess if you're if you're a vikings fan looking at this you're like oh great we got rid of the locker room cancer for this guy and he's cheaper younger better maybe he will be better in a few years he might he might be better right now but who who cares? That was a great trade for both teams. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson, as Bills fans, is always going to be linked to the Bills. He's always going to be linked to Stephon Diggs. Who's the better player? Um, it doesn't matter. They're both great. Right. Justin Jefferson is amazing. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Um, but yeah, man. That's really it. I got just. I can't really gush anymore. So. <laughs> we loved him. We did. We we loved him. For, I know for some reason or another, I wish I could put myself back in that place of when we're getting down to the final stretch of the draft. And whatever reason, I kept moving them down. And I think I finally put them at like wide receiver four. That's where I had them. But right. at wide receiver four, I remember like 
looking at the Bills pick, they were picking 27th, right? Pick 27? No. 20. Whatever. Whatever pick it was. I remember like, oh, that's Justin Jefferson range. I'd be happy with that. That'd be a great right. compliment to John Brown and Cole Beasley. And then we pull out the trade. And then I was like, you know what? They might still draft Justin Jefferson in the same spot. I'm so glad it worked out that way. Uh, Kirk Cousins is, you know, very expensive and not nearly as good as Josh Allen. But, hey, he's not terrible. So there's that. But, yeah, not that, what a great rookie class, especially offensively. So many great wide receivers. The running backs were, I guess, a little hit and miss. Some guys that yeah. were drafted high didn't. Like Clyde Edwards, I mean, Hilaire didn't really pull off what we thought exactly he was going to do, but. Yeah, I do have a couple honorable mentions. I mean, yep. well, Mackay Becton's not even Mackay Beckton's great. Oh, Mackay yeah. Becton is going to be great. Um, Jedrick Wills, um, Chase Claypool started off hot. He's starting to slow down a little bit now, but it's not even in the receiving game for him. Chase Claypool's a hell of a blocker. He's yeah. really good in the run game. Granted, doesn't show it in the James Conner stat sheet or whatever, but J- if you watch the games, Chase Claypool is a hell of a run blocker. Um, T. Higgins is looking good with not the best talent after Joe Burrow went down. Right. Um, Antonio Gibson looks like a three-down bell cow back. He looks he looks great you coming in that. as a coming you, in as a wide receiver. Yeah, you nailed. You're the first person to say that name to me. You know, and yeah. I was like. All right, I'll look into him, and I was like, okay, well, maybe he can learn to be a full-time running back. And not only has he learned it, he he elevated. Like, he right. completely elevated from college. Let me look up his stats real quick. He is what people wanted Lynn Bowden to be. Yeah. And um, Antonio Gibson did Lynn Bowden better than Lynn Bowden did Lynn Bowden. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, real quick here. So he finished with 170 uh, rushes for 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And that's not even with um, in the receiving game too. Um, you know, catching probably averaging three, four catches a game. Just dude, just just really shifty man and um, pr- very explosive. Um, on a not so great offensive line either that for the for the Washington football team. So Antonio Gibson looks uh looks really good. And then my last one, um Darnell Mooney for the Bears, man. He's kind of showed up and showed out. Everyone thought, you know, I mean Al Robinson is the alpha there. He's the X receiver. He's their number one guy. So everyone, you know, okay, I think this is gonna be Anthony Miller's year. And then Anthony Miller starts off slow and then this Darnell Mooney guy starts to catch passes. He's starting to catch touchdowns. He's starting to making really good contested catches. And um Darnell Mooney looks really good. It's not bad for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, fifth-round pick. So. Yeah, great value. Those are my guys. Okay. I like it. You did not mention our boy Joey B at all. I mean, it's I kind of forgot that he was there, but that goes without saying. Joe Burrow, when he was playing, he looked good. Yeah. Um, he looked scared because he has two seconds to get rid of the ball um, before he's getting absolutely destroyed. Um, Zach Taylor, please get that man something. Protect him, get, like please. I mean, they're probably so pissed because I, um, Joe Goodberry on Twitter, I was following him. He's a, a Buffalo guy, but he's a, a Bengals fan, and he was praying that, <laughs> praying that the Texans would win this game, so that wouldn't put the Dolphins at three, so that the Bengals could get. I think it was. I, th- I think they'd be three, so they can yeah. get Penisul. 
and um, my heart breaks yes. for Joe Burrow because he does not have Panay Sewell. Nope. But maybe he'll have Jamar Chase. Yeah. Who knows? Nice consolation prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mentions would have been LaVishka Chenault, uh, yep. CeeDee Lamb, uh, and then Henry Rick. But specifically CeeDee Lamb. Dude, imagine what could have been for him if he had Dak for the whole year. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor guy. Dude, CD Lamb at some games was the number one guy. Like he was, it, it, that was Andy Dalton's go-to guy. He was even at some point, in a bad way, forcing passes to CD. So right, right, seeing what he can do and just like you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna throw it to CD because he'll make a play. And yeah, yeah. so good. And, I, I mean, and, was that your number one? He he was your wideout one, wasn't he? CD Lamb was my number one. Yeah, yeah good call. And he looked good inside and out. I mean, he looked good in the saw. He looked good outside. And what really stuck out to me, though, was him making these ridiculous tough catches in traffic. And, like, just him focusing on this ball going up and picking it out of the air in traffic. It was um, really, really good. He did have a really bad drop yesterday, though. Um, I think uh, Andy had him on a uh, a slant route. He would have walked in. It went right through his hands. Not a good look, but CeeDee Lamb looks good. Got that one right. The the offensive rich keep getting richer there. So, uh, yep. How about uh, we talk about the uh, defensive rich keep getting richer? Uh, my, it's tough to pick defensive rookie of the year this year because there's three guys that stand out to me, and each for one reason or another, um, are standing out. Uh, first, I will say Jeremy Chen. You're probably not gonna win it, but. Because you're a safety. For, right. For all the hype, for all the talk leading up to that draft and how exciting and, and unique of a prospect he was and just how the many different ways you can use him, he did everything that we thought, man. He really did. 95 tackles, two tackles for loss, five passes defended. He had two fumble recoveries. Uh, one of them was a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Two fumble recoveries for a touchdown in the same game? Same game. game. Same yep. game. Yeah, so Jeremy Chin, they nailed that pick um, to go along with uh, earlier in the draft. They had selected uh, Derek Brown from Auburn, who not in the category of standout defensive players this year, but hopefully a good piece as that uh, team grows together, being a young team. The other name that came to mind right away, obviously, is Chase Young because the guy is just a freak. And his team's on their way to playing in the playoffs. Kudos to the Washington football team for that. Uh, Chase this year battled uh, some injuries to start and didn't get to play the full year. Um, But in his time that he was on the field, he had 39 tackles, of which 26 were solo tackles. He had five and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, uh, one of which was recovered and three passes defended. He makes impacts um, almost every play. Almost every play, you see Chase Young winning his matchup. Whoever he's going up against, doesn't matter who it is right now, he, he is coming away with more wins than losses every game, and by a lot. He's, he's by far one of my favorite players right now to watch in the league oh, already. Yeah. Already. He's just he's a he's a he's a beast. It's it's ridiculous. People like you said, you use this phrase on uh, when we were on two point. You said uh, you aren't. Oh convinced. yeah, it's it's hard, it, it's it's hard to believe that he's the same species as us. Right. 
I agree 100%. He is not uh, of the same DNA makeup as me, and he is a different animal. He is fun to watch. I just love watching these super big, long defensive ends that are fast, but they all, it's almost like they bend at the hips the wrong way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like watching him get around guys, he can get around you with, with speed and finesse, or he'll just go right through you. I mean, he's, he's, he's a freak, man. And he was the number one player in the class. He was, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's showing it. Yep. I love his, uh, I, uh, uh the paint. Oh, his eye on. black with the upside yeah. down triangles or whatever he does. Dude, very scary looking. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who I now think will actually win defensive rookie of the year, because a lot of times it comes down to just like offensive rookie of the year. You, the offensive rookie of the year almost always goes down to whoever the best rookie quarterback was. So this year it's going to be Justin Herbert. It won't even be close, but Justin Herbert, not just because he's, he was a phenomenal quarterback this year. So that's why he deserves to win it. I think Patrick Queen's going to re- uh, get defensive rookie of the year this year because people get to see them play more times, right? Because they're going to be in the playoffs and probably going to be in the playoffs for a couple of weeks. I think they'll take mm-hmm. down the Titans. Um, he's an impact player that they got at ridiculous cost. Like the fact that he just kept slipping down that draft board. Back of the like, first. Yeah. Here we go again. Here goes the Baltimore Ravens just sitting tight and they're sitting pad at their spot and they're just going to be patient and they'll just take the best player available who will be one of the best players in the draft. It happens every year. Uh, so Patrick Queen had no injuries, but he did have the two two weeks of COVID. He was he had to sit out two weeks, I believe, because of COVID. Stupid COVID robbing all these players at the time. <laughs> Uh, he ends up with 92 tackles, of which 58 are solo tackles. That is a tough ask, man. Right. 58 times the man was out there. He needs to make the play, and he came up with it. He had two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, two sacks, a pick, and one touchdown, which I believe he was a pick six. He was by far one of my favorite players in the draft, like I said, a very long time ago on the podcast. Maybe it was when we were guesting on two-point early on. But anyways, I remember saying, like, I watched the national championship last year, and obviously Joe Burrow was great. And obviously Jamar Chase was great. Great players, blue-chip players. But, man, it was hard not to say that Patrick Crean was the best player in that game. And I think for a long time now in the NFL, Patrick Queen will be one of the best players every single game that he's on the field. He's just different. He's a different kind of animal, man. Uh, Here come the honorable mention times. Guys that I didn't necessarily um, know about and keep my eyes on the whole year because it's tough to do. But uh, Julian Blackman for the Indianapolis Colts put together a pretty good year for himself. Uh, Blackman ends up with 34 tackles, 28 solo. Really, really good stat there. Uh, two picks and six passes defended. And he actually actually came down with six tackles for loss. So what you can tell by that is he's an excellent blitzer. So kudos to him. And here's one that is for the brand, right? Antoine Winfield Jr. Oh, yeah. Stud. Stud. Nailed it. Easy. It was such an easy pick to make. I, it fit a need. It was the right value. It was everything was just right about the pick. So uh, Winfield Jr. comes up with 81 tackles. That's crazy amount of tackles for a safety. 
Uh, that just shows how bad the corners for uh, <laughs> the Bucks are, actually, I think. Uh, 54 yeah. solo tackles, an interception, four passes defended, two forced fumbles, three sacks. Uh, he had a great game uh, this week, too. He uh, helped close out that game uh, where Atlanta was doing a pretty good job. Um, but then the, just the second half, they just clamped him down. And Antoine Winfield was a big reason why. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got for um, defense. Anybody that I missed, right, that you think I should have mentioned? Did you mention Kyle Duggar? I did not. He was one bright spot on the Patriots. Kyle Duggar looks pretty good. You're right. He is a good player. Um, Javon Kin- Kinlaw? Yeah, Kinlaw for sure. Um, there was a couple other guys um, I wanted to talk about. Um, Jab- oh. J- Akuda? No, uh, Jaleel Sheed or um, Sneed from the Chiefs. I can't think of his name right now. Um, forget that. Okay. If, if 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 I think of it, I'll come back. Okay. Uh, Jalen Johnson for the Bears. Yep. It filled filled a spot that they desperately needed to fill on that defense. It was all. Legarius Sneed. Sorry to cut you off. That's fine. Legarius Sneed for the for the Chiefs. Okay. Looks good. Julian Blackman for the Colts. Um, uh, another kid from from Utah, dude. Utah had some ballers in in, in the secondary this year with uh, Jalen Johnson and uh, Julian Blackman. So, mm-hmm. uh, Grant Delpit d- uh, is doing a good job for Cleveland. Yeah, not phenomenal, but you know, a guy worth noting. And then um, Russ Blacklock, uh, a, an unheralded kind of position and an unheralded name. Um, I know for sure uh, as long as they do anything sort of i don't know fun in free agency (laughs) yeah um alex highsmith for the steelers he's been getting a lot of pressures on that on that defensive line uh, off the edge dude he looks he looks pretty solid too yeah what number is he 93 90 that sounds right but dude he looks pretty bendy and pretty pretty explosive i like yeah that's a that's a uh sneaky good steal for them yeah Speaking okay. of Bendy, uh-huh. do you want to do our defensive end rankings? Let's do it. So uh, let's do it. Let's do it um, a little different than we have. I'll go five. You go five. I'll go four. You go four, and we'll just we'll just work down that way. Okay. Would you like to start, or would you like me to start? Go ahead and start. Okay. You're you're gonna see a little theme here. So at number five, I'm gonna go with uh, Hamilcar Rashid Jr. Oregon State. He's a redshirt senior, six foot four, two thirty-eight. This is a guy with bend. He's got the loose hips, um, and he's great in the run game. Um, another one of like when you look at these super bendy guys, you got to watch their arms too to watch how they're you know leveraging from the pressure. A lot of guys do the sw- the swim move over the top, the club to get that arm down. And he just got all all the arm moves, hand moves, whatever you want to call him. He's got them all. I like him a lot from Oregon State. Hamilcar Rashid Jr. Okay. I am not totally aware of him. Um, He's kind of a late riser. A late riser. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to be pulling my names off of our good friends at the Draft Network. That's where I'm going to be using my list. So anytime I can give them a shout out, I do. So you have to. Go. I do. Okay. Uh, five. Man, this list was tough for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. First off, they have Joseph Asai listed as an edge. Dude, that's what I'm saying, dude. He's more of a will guy. But yeah. he's so raw. On at, I, I have him at three. Okay. Um, we can talk about him real quick. No, I'll give my five, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, okay. Shout out to our boy, Max, right? Mm-hmm. He, he first tipped us off to this guy. Patrick Jones, the second. Yeah. Uh, Redshirt senior. Played for Pitt. Um, Max tipped us off to this guy early, early on in the year. Uh, 6'5", 260. He's not a bendy, straight bendy guy, but he is athletic. He is, he's not twitched, but at the same time, he's not a thumper. He's not a big body guy um, that's just going to be the anchor on the edge. Um, I'm curious to see more tape on him and his hand usage, because I think for a guy like him, that's going to be key. He needs to keep himself clean because he's not going to be able to really push right. that edge. You know what I mean? Trying to make the loop around um, and, and, and try and bend the edge. So it's it going to be very important for him to have good hand usage to keep himself clean. To uh, But and he, he might be one of those guys that, you know, ends up being a situational pass rusher. It's not a um, – after the top four, I really think like, – Probably top three. It starts to drop off a little three. bit. Yeah, yeah. So – Shout out Pitt. Okay. Um, so my number four, um, Aziz Ojalari from Georgia. He's kind of a late riser too, man. He's kind of really starting to come up in the in the draft process. Now he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, kind of on the smaller side. He's 6'3", 240. So, you know, with him being a little bit on the slighter side, he's kind of, kind of like what, what, what you said Um with uh sorry who who did you just talk about oh i was uh talking about patrick jones the second yep yeah patrick jones that's right so kind of like him kind of a smaller frame he has the ability to 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 dip down on under these tackles and you have to get through unscathed i mean if you're 240 going up against a 300 pound tackle you got to get in there with speed you got to get in there untouched because otherwise they're just going to knock you down Mm-hmm. and that's what he's good at. He's good at using his hands to create some sort of separation and just get to the quarterback. So for me, like I said, I'm a bendy, I'm a bendy type of defensive end guy. So um, g- g- give me all that. Yep. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. I like it. Uh, here's one that may be a shock at where I have him. Uh, I'm going to have Quiddy Pay as my number four. Okay. And here is the That's a lot lower than a lot of people have him. Oh, well, here is the reason. I don't know if he can add the weight that I would like to see him add when it comes to the NFL. I I don't know where he can carry it. Uh, I might be proven completely wrong, and that's fine because I like being proven wrong, you know. But Quiddy Pay was a situational pass rusher for the first two years. Then this year he got his real chance at putting his hand in the dirt and being the number one guy. So when they asked him to do it against the lesser 
competition, he was okay. And actually, Jordan Reed from Draft Network um, was tracking all the pressures, and he was, like, lapping the field when it came to pressures. Like, he had, like, in the first two weeks, I think he had 25 pressures or something silly like that. Like, that's ridiculous, and I don't think that production is going to carry. I don't think he's bad. Like, obviously, we're talking about top five here. So, I think Pay is good. He is a twitched-up athlete. He is a Benny athlete. But when it comes to the NFL, man, you're going to come against guys like our, you know, our, our um, boy from uh, the Jets. Um, Kai Becton. Becton, like who is obviously large, but at the same time, dude's quick, man. Like his feet are super fast. So mm-hmm. thinking about that kind of prototype tackle, I think that he needs to add some weight and he needs to counter the – twitched up stuff with he's got to learn some more moves he's got to learn some more power moves he's got to learn how to use his hands a little bit better in a dog fight you know what i mean that's going to happen sometimes sometimes you're not going to win off the jump you're not going to get a great start off the line but you're going to have to figure it out and we'll see if he can i think he can he doesn't necessarily have uh you'll see the next three guys um the reason i have them higher than him why but uh could he pay we're we're now and now we're about to get into the real nit and gritty Right. Well, we talked about him earlier. Um, Joseph Asai from Texas. He's a junior. Another, another guy with a kind of a, a slight frame for, for the position. 6'3", 245. He played defensive end and he played um, weak side linebacker. Um, but he's still super raw at, on, on the defensive line because, you know, he's been playing most of his time at linebacker. But the thing with him is, though, he's got the 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 quick twitch that you want to see in, in some of these edge another another bendy guy who knows how to use his 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 weight and turn it into speed um long arms big tackle radius but the big thing for him is he's like that off the snap and if you if you all it takes is one one step over a tackle and you're around okay mm-hmm. so for me that's a super big factor and why i have him at three is just that 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 quick trigger that speed and that that large wingspan to just um, give yourself a bigger t- uh, tackle radius. So, Joseph yeah. Asai. Uh, we have a match. I also have Joseph Asai as my three. And the biggest reason is, is his motor, his effort, and just – I've seen him win at different ways. Like you said, he, he lines up at linebacker. Sometimes he puts his hands in his dirt and I've seen him win in all different ways. I've seen him get, get the uh, inside stunt and win. I've seen him have to move completely around the edge where the, the tackles playing really good, you know, protection and he's pushing them off and he's pushing them off, but he doesn't give up. He makes the loop around and he's just too quick. He's too bendy. And he comes up with the sack. I, I love his instincts. Um, it, you know, his, his jump off the ball, his, his snap anticipation is phenomenal. And I, I think this guy's got the chance to grow. Uh, the one thing that you said that slight, he is slight in the fact that his arms probably aren't going to be ideal and typical DN length. He's one of those hybrid guys. He, he may yep. end up going to a, a three, four outside linebacker role. You know what I mean? Like you already right. said, playing the weak side. So, uh, at 6'3", 245, I actually thought he was really thick. That's the one thing I noticed. That's the difference between him and Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay is not thick. Quiddy Pay right now is very thin. Very, very. He looks, <laughs> 277 on paper sounds thick. You know what I mean? Yes. 
But when you're carrying it out over a six four frame, and I don't, who knows right. if that's even the right weight, right? And who even knows if a size even two forty five. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I loved watching him rise up the board, and and just people like, oh, you gotta watch him, Jordan Reed. Once again, you gotta watch him. He's the guy. You gotta watch him. And I started watching him. I was like, good lord, this guy's a game wrecker, man. And that's that's the theme for the next two for me. Yep. Well, you already talked about him, Quiddy Pay. Okay. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Quiddy Pay. I just know that he's rising up fast. I know he's more of a power guy to to, to speed. Um, but sounds like you got him under control. So, <laughs> Quiddy Pay. To be fair, though, Ryan, I might be a little too close. You know what I mean? Being a Michigan fan and being biased and watching that defense's play kind of crappy down the stretch. You know what I mean? And he got hurt and he wasn't playing. So it's yeah, like I got a little – I think I got guy. a little tainted. Yeah, he's 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 gonna have to be a guy I watch a little bit more because of how much he's rising up board. So I'll probably have to watch him twice as much as I was because yeah. I'm 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 down on him for some reason, kind of down. Uh, so that was your two. Yep. All right. Uh, how about this? I got Jam Phillips as my two. Whoa. Yeah. I'm a big effort guy. Jalen Phillips showed me that he is willing to buy in and understand how to get better. And that's what he did every game. It seemed like it seemed like down the stretch, just every game, he just kept getting better, putting more tools in the toolbox. You know, his, his stunt game is phenomenal. I, if he ends up playing for the bills or any team that run, that runs a four, three, um, dude, running stunts with him, the twists are, is just, it's almost unfair at times being that six, five, you know, two, two fifty, range, he can definitely mess up a guard just as easily as he can mess up a tackle. So, yeah, his, his effort is phenomenal. He was not outshined at all when going up against, you know, some pretty good um, tackles for the ACC. So, yeah. You tuned me on to him, and I love him. Yep, he's good. Definitely good. Um, so that brings me to number one. Uh, he is a Miami Hurricane. It's not Jalen Phillips. It's Gregory Rousseau. It's Gregory Rousseau, okay? Um, he's been the number one guy for a while. Uh, redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 260. Great frame for defensive end, seriously. Um, long, long arms, explosive. Um, but the thing about him is he can beat you with speed. He can beat you with um, uh, flexibility. He can, be, he can beat you everywhere. He can play inside. He can play outside. This dude has crazy long arms, kind of what we were talking about before. His his tackle radius is huge just based on his long arms. Um, and you know what's crazy, dude? This dude's a freaky athlete. The dude played wide receiver and safety in high school. <laughs> He's 6'5", 260. So the dude is a freaky athlete. Put that all together, and um, you get a mutant. And Gregory Rousseau is that. So yeah. Um, and he's only going to get better. He really is. Um, like I said, he was playing wide. He's playing wide receiver in safety in high school, so he's only going to go up. So, yep. I matched you on that one, and I will say right now, uh, I only go off of what I I hear, and the people I trust, and I like what I read about him, and everything you said, I will one hundred percent give my stamp on. I say yes, that's exactly what I would like to hear is a stud defensive end playing in the next level. And if the fact that he's a redshirt sophomore and the fact that, you know, this is, he didn't even play in a, as a redshirt sophomore. 
excuse me, uh, th- that's like even more like of what like impresses me is that, you know, he's had such little time at the actual position and, and that with double on the fact that, you know, it, Jalen Phillips and um, Roche, you know, what I mean? both, yeah. both, both those guys are also defensive ends for Miami where he would have been, you know, battling with them in camp and stuff and not getting necessarily the same, um, amount of reps that maybe these other guys that we've already talked about were uh, going to be getting. So defensive ends, fun class. It is a fun class. Defensive tackles, not so much. Uh, wow, wow. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know a lot of these guys. I don't either. I really don't. Um, I don't know, Bri. Well, just be glad that uh, as a Bills fan, we don't really need one. We don't really right. need one. Well, let's do let's do our top three. This is not a very deep class. Yeah, that's fine. Um, How about this? Well, we won't each do our own top three. Let let's do the top three, and then we'll we'll try and think of some honorable mentions. Works for me. Okay. There's a clear um, clear number one. J. Tufelli, USC. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. He's he's a stud. He really is. You know what I mean? And and uh an above average year for USC. Yes, USC fans. I will say that this year, even though you didn't accomplish anything, was actually above average for what you've done uh in recent memory outside of the Sam Darnold days. Uh yeah, J two Philly, man. Six three, three fifteen, you know, Samoan backgrounds, so, you know, ethnicity. So, you know, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, I mean that that that's the big thing right here. They're saying you know ridiculous quickness, um, good balance. So that's everything you're really looking for in an offensive tackle. And the big thing is quickness to get around these guards. So, yeah, and and firing off the line. That's that's an athletic trait in itself. And, I mean, and strong hands. Strong hands is important. What do you think, Jordan Davis? Probably Jordan Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan Jordan Davis from Georgia. He's the opposite of Tufele um, as far as measurables and probably usage would go. A 6'5", 3'30", defensive tackle is, he's a space eater, man, more than anything. Um, let's in the run game. Yeah. He's, you know, pretty good athlete for his size, uh, but being 6'5", and 3'30", and you're, you're not thinking penetrator. You're not thinking, um, you know, a, a real sack um, pursuer kind of guy like Tufele is going to be. Tufele is going to be that nice hybrid in between yeah. a one-tech and a three-tech. One-tech and three-tech, if you don't know, is uh, so a one-tech being a guy that has to eat up two, two gaps. He a lot of time is the guy taking on two, um, a guard in the center or whatever. He's double-teamed most of the time, and that's his job. The three-tech, yeah. he gets to live off of that guy's, you know, taking on all that man meat. He's the one that gets freed up and gets to go wreck shop. You know, in a one tech, you're looking for more strength than you are explosion kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Jordan Davis. What do you think here? Uh, I like this dude from Florida state. Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson. Yeah. Kind of a sketchy, um, 
off the field kind of guy, right? Doesn't he have some issues there? Uh, I, I don't know. Does he? I'm pretty sure he does. Let's see here. Maybe not. No, doesn't he? Didn't he have something going on with the coach? He didn't get along? Oh. You know something maybe I don't? Hmm. You know what? Florida State players, they play up an edge. I believe it. Well, there's nothing saying that in his cons section, so. Maybe not. It's the other Florida State tackle. Yeah, it must be the other one. Yeah. Yeah, there's the, the problem with this class is that normally with a J, you know, Tufele, there's only like two guys that you could cop to him and it would stand out to you. You know what I mean? You would say like, if you can't get this guy in the first, at least you can get get this get this guy right. in the second or this guy or whatever. Yeah, dude. There's no, there's no. You're not looking at any, you know, Quinn Williams at Oliver's any of these, you know, big name <laughs> defensive tackles in this class. You're not looking at a lot of depth, um, a lot of projects. Yeah, but um, projects yeah, at not, tackle a defensive tackle are not fun. Yeah, so I'm not. There's a reason we don't sound very interested in the defensive tackle class. <laughs> Not our fault. So, okay, that's fine. Um, what as, positions do we have left to do our top five of? Well, uh, f- for defense, we still have to do linebackers. We still have to do safeties, and we still have to do corners. Cool. Yeah. So we can bring that next week, and good. we will have. Oh boy, maybe we'll have to push off recording. If we want to get the national championship in uh, as part of the next show, we'll have to move from a Monday recording to a Tuesday recording. All right. I'm fine with that. That works. We'll, we'll do whatever it takes to bring hot college football news to our good listeners. Right. Speaking of good listeners. Yeah, that's you guys. Um, like the pod, share the pod, subscribe to the pod. Please leave a review. We like to read reviews. We've only read one. Um, make change that. Um, in other news, we have an Instagram page now, people. We do have an Instagram now. Um, if that's your thing, some people don't have Facebook. Some people don't have Twitter. Some people have Twitter and have Instagram. Some people don't have a lot of combinations. Okay. All I know is go follow us on Instagram at processing the process underscore pod. Also, you can find us on Facebook at processing the process. Correct. Correct. Um, we don't really ever plug our social media. We should probably start doing that. Um, if you haven't already, which you haven't, cause we have nine followers, go to, tw- <laughs> go to Twitter and follow us at process underscore the pod. And you will not be disappointed. If you think our hot takes, are pretty bad now wait till you go through our mentions and replies it's even worse (laughs) well i am hoping to be able to be off during the combine and i will be heavily involved on twitter that day i will i'll be doing live reactions so the second you get the hand size for those quarterbacks bam we're on it the second we get the arm length for those tackles and those dns oh you know we're gonna be on it and the second we get funny faces from defensive linemen running the 40, boom, Instagram's on it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll ask some of our processors to run the 40 and give us your times for us. 
That too. Yeah. Ryan did it before. I did run the 40. Yep. Sneaky fast. I shocked the whole, uh, the whole warehouse. Sure. He pounded that cement into oblivion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we are primed to just dive head on in. So uh, next week, get ready because we're going to finish out these top fives of the defense. We will recap, do, recap. The, do the re- quick recap of the national championship and bring you some surprises because we're going to need to fill some uh, time here because depending on how this national championship goes, we may not have a lot to say. Right. So, all right. For Ryan over there in Texas, myself, Ryan. Thank oh. you for – oh. Before we go, I never got to talk about the high school game I saw. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number one defensive end in the nation. I watched this kid play, Jatavion Sanders for Denton Ryan. Um, that's a school out here in Dallas. Um, this, this, this kid, um, kind of like Chase Young, except this kid's in high school. And it's like, he is not the same species as me because. I am 26. He is 17, 18 years old, and he is six foot five, 250 pounds. Um, now, now this young man played every snap. He played defensive end. He played linebacker. He played wide receiver. He played quarterback. Um, he ran the ball a couple times. He even did a punt. He punt. He had a 35 yard punt pinned him at the 10. And then I sent Brian a a, a video of, of one of his games. Um, I think a week before the game I went had a beautiful one-handed grab in the end zone while being double covered. So um, Jatavion Sanders, number one defensive end in the nation. He is committed to Texas, I believe. Um, Keep an eye on that kid. Dude's a freak. Uh, Quarterback for that team, um, I believe is committed to Memphis. He looked pretty good. They also have a receiver going to Oklahoma. So Denton Ryan high school. I might be going to watch them Friday. I don't know. We'll see. They're not done playing yet? They are not done playing yet. I think this is the championship game. Wow. Okay. Can we double check? No, this is the 5A Division One state semifinal. Okay. Dang. They Friday night forever. at AT&T Stadium. Meanwhile, up here, uh, the Alden Bulldogs didn't get to play. So, whatever. Damn. Yeah. Poor Bulldogs. All right. Man, so that. yeah, you're keeping your eye on the the futures out there. I love it, I'm right there to. in the in the heartland. All right, well, like I said, for Ryan and myself, thanks for listening, and until next time, keep on processing that process. Go Bills. Go Bills. Do you trust the process? Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, the 
did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.